0: Anything. Six on the beach and in the back seat. This could be us. So back to what I was saying. This could be us we this, <laughs> this could have been us with the white sock. You might have heard the news. Manny Machado finally signed. And now I'm going to have to vent about my sorrows on this podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Dispute Podcast.
1: I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. And I'm Marshall McAluso, and here we'll give you this week's rundown of the top leagues. Who's hot, who's not? Our hot topics of the week. Let's get right into it. So, you might have heard, but this has been
0: kind of a rough week for White Sox fans. And (laughs) Phillies fans kind of, everyone that was in the Machado sweepstakes, because the Padres swooped in, and took Angle him bonters. from us. So this is like therapy for me. And if you're a White Sox fan, then therapy for you too, I guess. So you're going to venture <laughs> out of sorrows. But to the greater point, not getting Machado, yes, it sucks. And there was a lot of memes on Twitter and a lot of people that were angry, White Sox fans included. Well, first off, there's the faction of people that were making fun of us, which, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. We were... We had all that work. We got his brother-in-law. We got his best He's friend John Jay. He had the White Sox hat. His son was wearing a White Sox hat. There's a lot of his glove was black and white from Rawlings. He's like, oh, it's all lining. We're gonna get oh, him. Yeah. And then the faction of people, White Sox fans, that are like angry, because it's like, oh Reinsdorf, you cheap. You pulled another Reinsdorf.
1: Yeah.
0: Wouldn't pen, spend the coin. And I get it, not getting him stinks. But taking a step back. It's all going to be okay for White Sox fans. First off, all these people that are calling Jerry Weinsdorf cheap or Rick Hahn for not getting it done because they wouldn't spend the money, like that, that, that's ridiculous. They put their best effort in to get this guy. They got Yonder Alonzo, his brother-in-law. They got John Jay, his best friend. They put an offer on the table for $250 over eight years, which is more. That's a higher average salary per year than the Padres offered, and what he got for a guaranteed $300 million. They also, as reported, had up to $350 million worth of incentives in there, so he could have been getting paid a lot more with the White Sox potentially. And Rick Hahn said he went to bed like feeling pretty optimistic about what they were. They put their best offer on the table, so that's the first thing. You cannot fault the White Sox for trying here. The second thing is, and this is Marshall, this is the first thing, he jumped on my case early. My phone was blowing up with all these people, yeah. like, haha! you guys didn't get Machado. And yes, it stinks, but our farm system is still loaded. Like, the future is still going to be bright for the White Sox. And when you take a step back, is any player really worth $300 million? Like, Mike Trout, arguably, but that's tough justifying spending $300 million. And this is a great stat here. Jose Abreu, was coincidentally, he's the White Sox highest played player and he's only getting paid $68 million. His rookie season, when he was 27, because he was playing in Cuba, so it's roughly the same age as Machado is right now for his numbers, he had 36 home runs, 107 RBIs, and a 317 batting average. And Machado, 2018 season last year, and this is what got him his big payday, and this is roughly the same age he was as, uh, as Jose Abreu, is 37 home runs, 107 RBIs also, and a 297 batting average. Those are almost identical numbers. Breu's batting average is slightly higher. Machado had one more home run. And the way the MLB works, you're paying a future performance. So if you're paying a future performance, you can't look at me with a straight face and tell me, Jose Abreu, I love him, but he is not a $300, player, $300 million uh, player. It's very similar numbers to Manny Machado. There's point being, there's plenty of players not worth nearly as much as Machado who produce similar numbers. And as far as the brother-in-law thing goes, John Jay, if people forget, that's still an upgrade in the outfield for the White Sox. Uh, Yonder Alonso, he's a former All-Star. That's still an upgrade. So White Sox offseason, all you fans complaining about that. Yes, it stinks. We didn't get him. But the future is still very bright. And paying $300 million for a player, that's like tough to say. And I'll end this with a quote from Tim Anderson here. Is like, hey, we're going to be south side regardless. No one's decision determines what we've got going on in this locker room. I feel we have a great group of guys here. We're going to do something special. The White Sox are moving in the right direction. One decision won't dictate our season. We're going to keep rolling. Either ride with us or get run over. We know who's on this boat and which way we want to sail. I will leave you with that. White Sox fans, it's going to be okay. 2021 World Series champs. Still. Yeah,
1: you got to move. It was, it was big. It was big. We're making the playoffs this year. We're winning the series next year. And they're like, oh, wait. 2021, not 2020. Getting premium talent, <laughs> yes, puts a hold up on things,
0: but we still I will got. Say it was minutes. really
1: interesting to see the reaction because I lo- I follow I mean, I on Twitter like a lot of just sh- like Chicago like in general sports, you know, accounts, podcasts, whatever. Um and they're usually it's uh, there was kind of two groups as I like uh R- R- Rick Hans, right? Yes. And then um Reinsdorf Yeah, Reinsdorf Like they I saw one, it was like I've been, like, eating what they've been giving me for years, and now I just got the runs and stuff like that. How, like, they've just been, like, feeding us this total crap, and now it's, like, all blown back in our faces. Or it's, like, oh, we're fine. I will say one thing, though, and I mentioned this earlier. Manny Machado is, like, that one really hot girl that you, like, you try and hit on, you try and, like, get with her, and then she, like, cur- totally curves you. Because, like... It's really interesting like why he went to the Padres because like, he was going to get more money. And now, I will say, playing in San Diego sounds a lot more fun than playing in Chicago. And the- I mean, have fun winning 73 games there. I mean, he's going to win 73 games. Hosh- he's going to win 73 games regardless of what team he's on. Neither of these teams are like good.
0: Both teams are similar in the fact they both have loaded farm systems. The process- yeah. The White Sox have a little bit more pitching, and they have a ton more cap space. Even with paying him that much money, like the Padres
1: are pretty much strapped to what they have here with him and Hajmer that's not a whole lot of depth in that line i will say though but i was saying it's like the hot girl and then she curves you and you're like ah, i didn't want her didn't either don't want her in the first place doesn't matter well
0: yeah it is true and like I, I, i'm not gonna lie i really yeah. did want him but you saw my reaction when yeah. I te- when you texted me that morning what did i tell you
1: i don't even remember all i remember is that you said he was gonna get him and that if he does we're gonna roll the tapes of me saying they're not gonna get him and now i turn out to be the smart <laughs> one I did not say we were gonna get. We're it. gonna hey, get, pull up. We gotta get into this, but if we've been talking about Machado and Harper before they were even on a team. and now one of them's on a team, you know. We're gonna be talking about them later. But first of all, and I put this in exclamation points on the uh, outline. We got first thing talking about besides that is soccer. Wow, I know NFL is over, baseball's not yet come around, and the NBA is still kind of boring. Uh, but we got some soccer. We got some yeah. Champions
0: League. But Yeah, I found it. I found it a reaction because he said, roll the Machado tape. Ha-ha, I was right. That's a big rip. First reaction was, we still got look coming up. A lot of prospects. He wasn't that imperative to the rebuild. Yeah, you can so, keep, tell-
1: keep telling yourself that. I Anyways, stand by my words in this. <laughs> last, so last week, middle of the week, we had uh, started off with two, two nil-nil draws. Leon uh, drew Barcelona at Leon nil-nil. And Liverpool at Anfield hosted Bayern nil-nil again. Both of these games, well, I'll say for Barcelona, you got to say why could not we not score against Leon? But then if you're looking at um, kind of their their perspective, both Bayern and Barcelona is look, we're going back home. We just got to win a game. We just got to win one game. You got, we have one game. It's at our crib. We know who we're playing. We know what we're up against. We just got to win a game. Uh, I think. I think. I will say Liverpool was out with Van Dyke. Will they'll have they'll have him back next? Uh, second leg uh so Byron kind of missed an advantage to score some away goals but I think if you're both of these teams you're saying look man we just got to win a game uh definitely the Liverpool Byron like two will be really fun to watch uh and then this pat yesterday actually or no was it yesterday what's today Friday oh so it was two days ago uh Atletico hosted Juventus and offset them 2-0 which was really shocking and then Shaka blew it they totally choked They had two penalties, they they both converted for goals, so you basically handed two free goals, and Man City had a red card down to 10 men, uh, and Man City put two in in the last 20 minutes of the game, winning that one 3-2, which everyone kind of expected, they kind of righted their ship. Uh, It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward, but yeah, definitely, especially the Liverpool-Bayern one, going back to Bayern, and the Juventus hosting Atletico for the uh, second leg, already down 2-0, those those would be some really fun matchups. Just a little side note also for some Premier League. Uh, not much talking about there, but Chelsea, they were signing 18- uh, and 19-year-olds and were breaking the rules somehow, so they can't make signings in the next two transfer windows. So they're already in a rough spot, and now they can't get any better. So Going to the Byron-Liverpool game real quick. Yeah.
0: First off, Byron's jerseys were ugly. I don't yeah. I like that toothpaste color. Yeah, I gotta they're get like that minty fixed. green. Especially because their nickname is the Reds, right?
1: Yeah, so, like, it's kind of weird. Soccer's weird, and I'm sure you would hate this. They The jerseys change every year. Yeah, Just I'm like not a fan. So, like, the home the home jersey will always be, like, the same layout. Like, it's always, like, it's red for the base color, and they add, like, some stripes sometimes and play, pay homage to, like, past teams but they always have like an alternate and a big um, advertisement in the middle because apparently they're walking billboards out hey, there hey you know what <laughs> they're making money you gotta sign those players okay. yeah they were the jerseys were the best I have one I have their alternate it's got pink it's black which and is, pink
0: yeah that was the first thing I didn't like second thing I didn't like which I guess it was good defense and I guess it, it, it was like the Super Bowl thing where a lot of people didn't like it Yeah. Cause it, but like like for the casual fan, and I'm a casual soccer fan. If you can even call me a fan, yeah. but watching there was only three shots total on goal in that game, and a zero-zero tie. If you look which at, I could not that that that, that was bothersome because I on paper it looked like a good match, I and mean, I think they're two like pretty even teams. Like they're both yeah, pretty they're good really teams. Even.
1: So it was it was actually kind of interesting, and I actually I was very I'm a big Bayern fan. I was really nervous because I'm like Liverpool's attack is really good. And Bayer's defense has struggled recently. I they was like, stepped we're gonna, up, we're gonna Yeah, that's, that's, that was the big story. Like both defense cause cause the uh, Liverpool had two guys who don't normally play center back, playing center back together for the first time, and Bayer needed to get their booties in shape uh, to play some defense. So both teams kinda stepped up, played really defensive, and then it kind of panned out, so it was no no. But yeah. Hey, you know, we got we got some talk some soccer. That'll be be exciting. I told you, I told you we're gonna have exciting games, we're getting them some. But then moving over to the NBA, uh, just some little uh, updates post uh, All Star break, which honestly I kind of forgot happened because it was just really not worth watching. Uh, LeBron team, LeBron won. Team LeBron playoff, LeBron. That's band of free up. agents. He's trying to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. When this, uh, I believe it was 13 pending transactions. as Mitch? Said, yes, the Lakers.
0: Yes, yes, the Lakers are LeBron James and 13 pending transactions. So. Yep. Will they beat the Rockets? They played pretty well. They did. I was a big fan. I am rocking my Lakers jersey today, hopefully trying to give me some luck on my math test. Yeah. I'm like, "Hey, you know the yeah, Kings, great are maybe rappers. I'll be great at math if I wear the greatest player." And
1: I wore a Lakers Young jersey. thug hoodie, the yeah, greatest so rapper <laughs> of all time. <laughs>
0: well, anyway, <laughs> both those I guess could be disputed. But yeah, he he was talking about how playoff LeBron was going to be activated. He's kind of saving himself throughout the year and now it's like, "Hey, we got to turn it on to make the playoffs." Which a lot of people were arguing about like hey, shouldn't you be going hard all season long? But I get it. He's old. It's like his 16th season. And the first half, he really did struggle. He did not look that great. Second half, though, especially late in the game, he turned it on. I think he had 16 points in, like, the last eight minutes of that game. He had a nice assist where he drove and kicked it out, uh, to put the, really the dagger in the game, yeah, uh, he took a charge late that had hard and yeah. So His defense is a lot better. You could see that intensity, um, pick up, and that that's what the Lakers needed. That was a big boost. He had a really nice game. I yeah. believe it was 29, 11 rebounds, six
1: assists. So it was, it was a really fun game to watch, and which will potentially be a playoff matchup later on. Uh, another potential, the two two top guys besides the 76ers uh, faced off. Bucks hosted the Celtics, in which either team, both teams were extremely unimpressive. The honest was impressive, they shot, but, but yeah, yeah, I agree. They shot very poorly. Kyrie was like 6 for 22 he at one point. He was horrible shooting that Yeah, guy. it was, it was, and it was like, it was really entertaining. I will say, though, there was like a buzzer beater chance for the Celtics, and Kyrie, like, did he was some like contorting his body, and he, like and he put up a prayer. I'm like, dude, come on. It still rimmed out, though. It was like close.
0: I'll give him that. Yeah, hit the
1: back. But yeah, it was like, uh,
0: I, yeah, you would think with Brad Stevens, I would have thought they could have dialed up a better yeah. play. But, I mean, at the same time, you want the ball in your playmaker's hands there, so it could have yeah, went either way. That,
1: that was like, it was one of those games that was so bad, it was kind of good. Cause I, in well, the it third, was only a one-point game. It was, yeah, a, exactly. it was a very entertaining game. the score, it was like 98 to, it might have been in the 80s. I don't actually remember, but I know it was in the 80s or 90s. Uh, the third quarter, shooting was, shooting-wise, was awful. I think one of the only storylines is, I think it was Marcus Smart still beer on a dude. That was, yeah, that was and Kevin that, Harlan's call for that was yeah, there's fantastic. There's beer uh, everywhere. Uh, but yeah, that was a little quickie uh, for the NBA. Uh, moving on, my window's open, my fan's on high. It's like, what, what's, what's it out? It's 44 out. It's really nice outside, so good thing we don't need 10-week heating and coolant because they're not that great to begin with. That is uh, true. No, nice weather today. I'll start. I'll start off. Oh, hot! My hot. Space Jam 2. She got released. LeBron's. A, he's an actor now. Yes. It's uh, a pretty good actor too. Yeah, he's a decent actor. He was in Trainwreck. Hey, he wasn't that bad. And You know what? I knew but, he was playing himself. So, but. Yeah, you know. Well, I'll give him some credit. That should be interesting. I wonder. Wonder how that will go. Because I mean, the first one was so iconic. They'll definitely be selling a bunch of. Le, loon. Or, what's the team called? Looney Tunes. Toon Squad. Toon, Toon Squad. LeBron James jersey. Maybe I'll buy one. You should, you should buy one. I mean, cool. I got the Lakers
0: one. I got my Cavs one with the sleeves. I got yeah. the Cleveland one with the, I, you know, that would be a nice no, addition to the cool. set, the yeah. Toon Squad one.
1: Toon Squad.
0: My hot, well, you know, White Sox, obviously. The premier free agent, one of the two, is off the market. And Harper, unfortunately, who the White Sox ran on earlier mm-hmm. in the season, it was said the White Sox said, yeah, we're kind of hot on him. But Rick Hahn did say at Sox Fest, there's still four or five potential moves out there that we can make. And they inked a big one here. Irvin Santana to a minor league deal. That's wow. right. The stove's White cooking. Sox are
1: making deals. We couldn't
0: give Machado a nice consolation prize to a minor league deal. He is 36 years old, and uh, he kind of missed part of last year because he had surgery on his middle finger. Moving on. Yeah, it was... What was he doing with that? Oh, what was the? They have the terminal. What was it? Calluses, I think, on his middle. There's like, bo, there like bone. There's like bone calcium deposits or something like on his middle finger that he had to get removed, so he had to have surgery on it. So he missed part of last year, uh, and he got roughed up. Uh, let's see. He finished the season. It was not mind you. He didn't have many starts, with an eight o three. But he used to be an ace of this team. He was fantastic <laughs> with the Angels earlier in his career, and he started a wild card game for him. So you know what, maybe he'll be battling Manny Benuelos for the fifth starter job a, <laughs> wow. a race that will definitely us and the rest of the world will obviously be keeping track yes, of to see who is the fifth sure. starter for the White Sox but yeah
1: White Sox hot stove heating up well for my not we got some we got some male role models well well you when you think of professional athletes you think you know these guys <clears throat> they have such big voices and big reach and, you know we got all these players uh, in their communities uh Charities and whatnot. Well, two of our big role models in sports, they kind they kind of screwed up a little bit. Tristan Thompson. Now, this was, I mean, it's not illegal like the second one, but uh, you know he um, he uh, was caught cheating with. So he's he was dating or married to one Jenner or no, Courtney Kardashian, and then cheated on her with some other person who was like Kylie. Kardashian's best friend. I don't really understand, but I will say Tristan Thompson, the only thing... He's probably known for his cheating more than his basketball playing, but he stinks at both. Something tells me, though, the Kardashian will be just fine. Yeah, all right. yeah she'll work it out. But then, uh, Mr... And
0: Broly- how come... You know, Tristan Thompson... Here's the other thing I would like to point out. Tristan Thompson's getting all this flack here because he cheated on her. Yes, he should not have cheated on her. That was wrong, but... It's pretty well known that he's dating a Kardashian. How come we're not talking about the whore that slept with him? All right, because she probably <laughs> knew that he was dating someone. No
1: one gives was, her any I crap. It was a, uh, it, it was a uh, Kylie Jenner's best friend.
0: Yeah, she should be getting more flags. <laughs> she this is than getting flags. Yeah. They probably
1: like cut her phone bill because they're you know they're paying for everything. No more jets and her best like friend
0: she's she, sleeping with her best friend like yeah so that's, that's Tristan bad yes, that's bad business. but it, it she like, should be she's more than all
1: shadows the six points he's putting up per game with the Cavs I mean come on she is happen. more at fault on this than Tristan is. Just I think gonna they're both say. At fault. Well, they, I mean, yes, Mitchell's hot take both at in fault. celebrity news. <laughs> they're both at fault, <laughs> but she is more so at fault. It's, uh, I think it's about Jordan.
0: Time. Uh, I don't know. I in this was era important. of the Me Too movement, I think we should even things out. You know, the men are getting all the fault for the cheating, but let's point out these gold digging whores <laughs> oh on the other God. side and give them some part of the blame. We're gonna have to. I'm
1: gonna have to bleep that out. Been not saying, not saying. I condone what he did, but she is more. I've been at fault listening here. to too much Kanye West recently. But another guy. So this guy is a little. He's hey, a little more hot water. Our, uh, our boy uh, Bobby Kraft, Roger Kraft of the New England Patriots, has been oh, charged oh, with Jesus. two two charges of soliciting prostitution from a, you know, like one of those like rub and tug massage parlors. Mr. Kraft, Mr. Kraft, you won the Super Bowl. What are you gonna do now? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not going, going to, to Florida. D- <laughs> not going to Disneyland <laughs> yeah. though. But it's kind of stinks cuz like there are, apparently there was like 1500 men go there in that one place per year and they're all the they're victims of human trafficking. So that makes it even worse. That's a lot worse. That's awful. Like he a billionaire like him partaking in such low like scum a criminal activity like that. Like that's terrible. That's I disgusting. supposedly like family friendly too. Yeah, that's, that's And it's yeah, he's good. supposed to be like this nice guy everyone's like, "Oh, cuz I remember um he was getting so much crap just because, I mean, like no one likes the Patriots, obviously, and everyone's like, oh, I hate the Patriots, like screw Roger Kraft and Tom Brady, and everyone's like, oh, Roger Kraft is such a nice guy. Well, well, I guess not, because he was doing some really scummy activity. And it's actually interesting, and I, we, I was going to make this like a talking point, but the story hasn't like really kind of uh, come to a conclusion yet, so I'll kind of mm-hmm. wait for all the facts to come out before I um, give my opinions and whatnot. Um but Adam Shafter was on ESPN. He said, hey, this isn't even the biggest... This is not even the biggest name... Because it was like a sting operation. They said it's not even the biggest name uh, who got caught. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. This is a Mar-a-Lago
0: time. down there. Yeah, Mar-a-Lago's down, down there. Yeah, we know a frequent uh, visitor. Yeah, and uh, it might be a little Obviously, to this, is, this yeah. is Big J. We do Big J journalism here. Yeah. So we're not going to report anything. It hasn't exactly. been broken yet. But speculating-wise, you know, speculating we know on. some orange man that visits down there. But we're not going <laughs> to name any names yet because
1: it has not been proven. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, Mitch, you got our last... Not. I do. Uh,
0: my not is well. Timmy Panarin's having a fine year for the Blue Jackets. He player. used to be a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. I by, the bread yes, man. I do. He has twenty-four goals this season. He's the Blue Jackets' best player, and they're in a playoff race right now for that last seed. But he surprisingly uh, missed a game, and they asked head coach John Tortorella why he missed the game. And John Tortorella was extremely disgustingly honest when asked why his star player was out. And let's we have the tape right here. We'll just let him do the talking. See that's, that there would be some he's sick. He's sick as a
1: dog. <laughs> yes, he's very sick. That's why he's out. Did he, did
0: he play sick last night man, as well? He... Oh, would. Oh, shoot. Oh, Jesus. Hold, I hold on. Right. I did. Well, what anyway, that? hold up, hold, hold on. We got. Built- we got. It. Sick, not eating. It's puking. You want me to go into the whole tire trad as far as what happened today with him? So we can get that speculation done with as far as that he's going to be moved? He his pants he was puking he was doing everything so I, uh, enough <laughs> I,
1: can't, I can't even imagine you're like hey coach i'm really sick i like i just poop myself i'm throwing up did you not really tell anyone? And then everyone's like, and then John Tortorella's like, "Hey, guess what?" I turned my and grabbed his pants. Well, if you want funny takes, look up John
0: Tortorella like media takes, because he's never, he's not, he's not known to be very friendly with the press. And he was on HBO. Does they used to do this 24/7 series leading up to the Winter Classic of was Rangers Flyers. If you watch some of those clips in the locker room, he's got a foul mouth, and he's one of the more interesting characters yes. in the league. But yeah, they were asking him, he's sick?" He's like, he's sick." Well, what's he sick with? And he was very blunt. He uh, shit his pants. <laughs> that's what he said. Work for work. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, you're right. Coach, I shit my pants. That's probably embarrassing for him. Yeah. That's awkward. <laughs> don't don't tell anyone
1: next Well, that know. wraps up our quite, we got, we got some interesting hots and nuts. Well, moving on, and we'll keep this one brief because we've already touched on it. But Machado and Harper. Uh, obviously, M- Manny Machado is going to be playing third base for the San Diego Padres. And honestly, it'll be interesting. I think wherever he went, it was going to be interesting to see what happens. Because both of the White Sox and the Padres and kind of the Phillies, although he was never really linked with them too closely. It was eh, for a while. Yeah, but all of them, they were not really contenders and they seemed... None of them actually seemed like that. Like none of these teams are like one player away oh. from being contenders.
0: The White Sox, yeah, I, I mean, I guess like the the debate here is could we covered it mostly from the White Sox side is yeah. like, does this make the Padres contenders? And I'll start off by saying, out of all three teams, because the White Sox were initially number one, and then it was the Phillies second. The yeah. Phillies, if they got them, they were going to be contenders. Yes, because they. Pitching's a little shaky, but the JT Riamuto, they got McCutcheon. They've yeah. uh, they, they made a lot of moves this offseason. They had a lot of money, too, so that would have made sense for them. The White Sox, same thing. They're up and coming. They're going to be close. Chicago's a nice place to live. Very good food. San Diego really, so they were the heavy favorites, too, and Vegas had them as the uh, favorites. San Diego really swooped out of nowhere, which is surprising. And yeah, they've been,
1: I was really surprised by that.
0: But, and the, now their GM has been known to overpay people. Uh he paid he overpaid Will Myers who is a solid player but yeah, he's, he's getting paid okay. way too much. Eric Hosmer got dished out the best, biggest contract of last offseason, and now Manny Machado is most likely is going to get the biggest contract of this offseason. I think the deciding factor, especially with the White Sox, because the White Sox, they had more higher average annual sal- salary per year, but the opt-out thing, after five years, made a big difference for yes. him. I think. And the White Sox are like, hey, we're building... Rickon kind of even said this. is like, we're building the future. It doesn't make sense to, for us to include an opt-out clause. And it's all guaranteed, where the 350 in- was not guaranteed. So that's probably why he chose the Padres. Does it make them contenders? Absolutely no, not. I think no. it's a seventy three win team. Half of their salary is being spent on two players. They don't have a lot of pitching. They have to well, hope I that they have to hope the farm system pitching uh is really really good. Yeah, you go ahead with you. Were I
1: I think both of these teams were in kind of similar uh similar spots where it's like you probably like ten like there's like a ten year window here. Yeah. Where like both the Padres and White Sox guys are hopefully gonna come to their prime and hit their stride for like you know, a couple decent amount of years, and you're gonna have to pay them. Then you have to, if if they turn out to be studs, um, you have to pay them. And so there's like a ten year window. And we're saying like, look, like, do we want? And if I was, if I was uh, the White Sox, I'd say, hey, let's break the bank for this dude, and then we're gonna be paying all of our guys like tiny contracts because they're well, they did, uh, like that's the they did, yeah, push out a, a very
0: good contract. Yeah, so I'm not,
1: I'm not, I'm not calling them cheap. And you um, still want to have money in the future to pay those
0: guys once, like, Eli's contract expires. So, like, yeah. what they were offering him, I think, was very
1: funny. And I think it w- I saw a report saying, like, they were shocked because they were like, we thought we had the best offer yeah. on the table, which is, turns out to be semi-true. Now, obviously, you can get into the details. saying like, oh, the Padres better because X and the White yeah. Sox better because Y. But I think, like, I'm actually... I wouldn't want to hear, like, why. Like, I guess it was, like, was it just the opt-out contract? Did you just not want to play for the White Sox? you like San Diego better? I think the big thing was you wanted that $300 million number. It's guaranteed.
0: Yeah. You got the opt-out thing if you don't like things. I think that's the decider because it was all guaranteed. Where the 350 was not guaranteed because they are very similar. An yeah. interesting fact, too, this could be another knot for the White Sox. Obviously, we lost Manny Machado to him. The next best player in their system is Fernando Tatis Jr. Guess who had Fernando Tatis Jr. until as uh, Rick Hahn called himself, some jackass traded him yeah. for James Shields, who is now a free agent, so the Padres could potentially pick him back up yes. to him really come full soaker. So we lost the White Sox lost Fernando Tatis Jr. to the Padres, who was the second best prospect in baseball. I had a little mess. Yeah, for James Shields, and now we lost Manny Machado to him. So the Padres are becoming quickly nemesis of the White Sox. Yeah.
1: And then um, we're going to throw Bryce Harper in here, but it seems like pr- hopefully my next podcast will be on a team. Yeah, well, do you think, yeah. We, we, I um, mean, do honestly, you think like, Machado
0: con- makes him a contender for the. Not Padres? really. I don't
1: think it's more about Philly. I think it's like it's a real yeah, revenue
0: it, for him for the time being. Yeah.
1: And then uh, Harper, Harper what do you
0: think he's ending
1: up? I mean, I think it's got to be the Phillies because it was like the Phillies. I mean, I keep these Bleacher Report articles. They're like, the Phillies are ramping up the pressure to, like, sign Bryce Harper. And then it was like, um, the the Giants, like, backed off. The White Sox are out. Padres are out. The Nationals GM yeah, said Yeah, the Nationals says we're moving on. on. I'm like, what What are the teams going to sign him? He's not, not going to... It makes the sense, The Cubs too. are going to swoop in and sign him for $0 because we have no money.
0: Especially because before the offseason started, their GM said, we're going to spend stupid money, which is... No, I don't think that's the smartest quote. You should yeah. really be saying we're going to spend stupid money, but they got to back it up. They got money to spend. They put that pressure kind of on yeah. themselves. So I totally agree with you. I think it's Phillies at this point. Just yeah. a member of Scott Boris trying to milk out the
1: last yeah. last couple. Yeah. Moving on. We got some college basketball. I don't think we've talked about college basketball all in this podcast.
0: Because it's the regular season. And I had an argument with a fellow in Com about this. It's regular season basketball, it doesn't yeah. mean anything till the tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're it's doing, like, oh, the mm- Duke lost. They're, they're gonna, that's going to affect their seeding. It's like, all right, well, it's a tournament. It's like your winner, a win, winner. The seeding's not that big of a deal. Yeah, if you're a good enough. And be, yeah, I, They're going to get in the tournament, this yeah. game.
1: In high I mean, The, the game. biggest commentary, though, it doesn't matter. Well, North Carolina beat Duke by, like, like I don't know, like. 88-72, I believe, yeah. was the final score. So, they, well, they
0: crushed him. But
1: Zion Williamson only played about 30 seconds because he busted out his shoe uh, and had a, I believe it was a mi- mild knee sprain. Yep. Uh, Paul George shoot, too, by the way. Yeah, Paul George shoe. Come details. on, Paul. Uh, so that kind of brings up the point uh, where a lot of people like Zion, buddy, sit the season, man. Like you don't, you don't, and I'll I'll be getting to this later in my closing rant. But you're not getting paid, and you if you want to go to, uh, you want big money, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be getting it here. So might as well just sit. Do you do you think Zion should should sit uh, until he gets drafted? This is an argument.
0: I can see both sides. I do not have a strong opinion either way. I mean, from the one, they're making all this money off of him. He's clearly their best player and the number one draft pick. His stock can really only go down. So, yeah, I think you sit. It's like the safe play. The NBA is going to make more money. You're not getting anything out of Duke. That's that. would be the smart. I, I could totally see that. At the same time, though, you came to. And this is where I'm. This is this is where I think I would lean towards. You came to Duke to play basketball. It doesn't look good, and he'll still be the number one overall pick just because of how big. The, I mean, he busted through his shoe. That just shows the yeah. raw power. Like we haven't seen anything like this since really LeBron James exactly. was coming up in high school. It's a, transfer, a transformative player. But you came there to play the high sc- You came, you came there to play basketball. It doesn't look good if an 18 year old kid saying, "I don't want to play basketball. I'm sitting out." And it's like, it's not a good look for your teammates either because it's kind of selfish to your teammates who are go- and your coach. They're just like, hey, I'm leaving you guys out to dry. Like, you're playing for something. It's like a national championship. That's a big deal. And they have a really good shot. And you saw what happened when he left. They were at home against Duke, and they have two other potential NBA guys, uh, R.J. Barrett and, um... I'm totally blanking on the name, Yeah, But they looked lost without him. Yeah. So they really need this guy for these national championship hopes. Like, I I think if I'm Zion, I would probably...
1: Sit out a couple games in the regular season,
0: and I I think I would finish
1: out the year. I... Honestly, I'm a big fan of him sitting. I mean, you look at projected NBA salary from the first four seasons for top three picks. First overall, $44 million. Second, $39.6 million. Third overall, $35.5 million. That is so much money. He's talking about knee sprain. Knees are the one thing you can't mess around with. That's we true. saw what happened with Derrick Rose. He was an MVP knee injury. Not even remotely the same after the first knee injury. Not to mention the second one. So if I'm a Zion, no, I'm not saying like he's getting injured. But I'm saying, and especially Zion, he has a really interesting opportunity. He can really stick it to the man right here. Well, yeah, go ahead, finish. And the he, he like, and Kyrie Irving, he played 11 games for Duke, and they said, and it, it, now his injury was more substantial, and it made a lot more sense for him to just for the, speaking to the injury. But if I'm Zion, I'm saying, look, man, and I'm looking at my teammates. I'm saying, look. What are we gonna get if we win the national championship? Now obviously it's an experience of a lifetime. I'm sure like you wouldn't trade the experience for anything. But like, what are we gonna get? We're gonna get jack squat. We're gonna get nothing. We're gonna get no money. We're just gonna be Duke's Duke's gonna take just take advantage of this the they're gonna get a lot more admittance next year you know they're gonna get all this press and everything and we're not gonna get a single we're not gonna it's see too, anything wow, it's
0: just look like they're charging for tickets for that. yeah
1: exactly I'll get and all that will be coming together in my closing rant but like if I, if I'm if I'm Zion, I'm saying like I don't I'm sorry guys but I'm gonna sit in the year Coach K, thanks for, you know, whatever. But, like, I'm going to be a phenomenal player. And, honestly, like you were saying before, Zion's probably the first guy since LeBron to have, like, this kind of impact in the game, potentially. and Like, just physically, physical sense-wise. Like, he's insanely good. And it's like, I'm, I'm going to go get big bucks from the Knicks or the Bulls or whoever. And I'm going to get paid and i'm gonna actually win and if i win i get a lot more money and i'm just gonna be a professional athlete sorry guys i'm a sin. here's where i just and a
0: lot of people use the point like oh the nfl players sit out like mccaffrey that he missed yeah, his like bowl game and stuff. and stuff which i agree with the nfl play the, these players for doing that because you're playing in a meaningless bowl game like i don't care if you sit out like the ziploc potato chip bowl or whatever yeah. these stupid games are like you're not playing for anything but Duke has a legitimate shot at the national championship. Not it's not the NIT or any. It's like this is like this means something here. This is like they're still playing for something. Plus, if you sit out and say R.J. Barrett goes off in the tournament, and leads him to a national champion when he was sitting out, then his stock is going to drop a little bit uh, from that. So I think I think you do play. It's it's selfish to your teammates and your think, coaches not to. You came there to play basketball, so play. Like I it, don't think if he sits, R.J. Barrett goes off. I don't either. Because we him. saw well, we saw. He is going to go number one most likely, but hypothetically. And, like, it's a long shot because, like, we saw how, like how they folded when he left after.
1: I will say, though, no, Coach K, like, if he, this team is really good, regardless of Zion. If he can't figure out a way to win at home against a rival with, like, a really good team, like, you you got to be doing a little better. If I'm looking to at to be Coach fair to K. him,
0: though, he's using, he has freshmen almost every year you got to take in. Yeah, Calipari has to deal with this, too. So the chemistry doesn't click till later in the year. Then you yeah, lose one of your better players. And it's like every year it's so like no, a new I, turnover. I, I like you don't get to build to a pro. It it's hard. Out. Well, he's like he's you can't take away what he's done as a coach. He's still yeah, a good yeah. coach, and that's like kind of the shock of him going out to like, oh no, we're gonna miss him for the rest of the year. Like I could see where that would be tough. I mean, yeah, you do, but at the same time, like you got two other NBA caliber players in that starting five. That you gotta stay yeah. up. But I think you gotta play I, I it'll think it would be a bad be look if you did.
1: But I think I think a lot of players First of all, a lot of players would respect him. A lot of coaches. I mean, he's not. I wouldn't be mad if he did. Like, I yeah. could totally understand if yeah. he said, but I think for
0: your teammates, it would be a selfish thing to do, and he, de- he, if, he I, if I'm RJ,
1: in RJ Barrett's shoes, I would probably be a little. It's one of those things where, like, an initially knee jerk reaction, like, "Come on, man, you're really gonna leave us out to dry." But if you actually like think about it and look towards the at, the at NBA, I'm like, I would do the same, man. If I was that, if I if I'm in his shoes, ha <laughs> ha. I would only be in one shoe because the other one's broken. But if I were in his shoes, uh, I would be sitting. But we will see what happens and probably once. You, you only
0: get this shot one time though. It's literally like a once it's gonna be a once in a lifetime opportunity. I'd rather, win the, I'd rather
1: win the NBA championship than March Madness.
0: I would too, but I could argue winning the NCAA championship is harder than winning an NBA final. That's you true, just get a couple stacked like teams and you get a four game series. Well, that's <laughs> also true.
1: Moving on, we got we got some AAF. So we talked about it a little bit. Uh, you know, we talked about, like, just, like, right off the bat, uh, what do we think of the AAF? And um, now, I actually, it was actually interesting. I had to write an article um, for the scout. And what Do you think the AAF will be successful? And whether... I thought it was or not. They See, gave, he gets there before you go in.
0: He gets the hard hitting topics for this. My topic was yeah. who's going to win the West in the NBA. So I got, I, which is obvious, the Warriors at yeah. this point. He's getting the hard hitting journalism. Yeah, exactly. the They're giving and me layups over big here. Big J
1: journalism over here. <laughs> uh, but yeah. and So yeah, it was who do you think is going to win? And who do you think is going to win? And, or, who gonna win? Uh, will the AF be successful? And I was handed the side of no, and I had to defend that side. Um, and honestly, after looking at it, looking at highlights, I honestly, and we kind of, we kind of talked about how it could be a league. I can't really see the AF being a successful league, um, numbers, ratings, fans, et cetera-wise, whatsoever. And I wrote in the article, um, basically, if you really look at this, the, the, first of all, the quarterback plays bad. And now uh, we hadn't, when we talked about it before. I hadn't really talked about we. I hadn't really looked into it very much. Uh, it was kind of just off of the ratings. But for the first game, it was San Antonio Commanders and the San Diego Fleet opening week, and there were three quarterbacks that played who threw for a combined 435 yards, five picks, zero touchdowns. It, the quarterback play was just bad. It wasn't good. Now they got their dink and dunks, and they got a couple like long balls. But I think if you look at this league overall, quarterback play. Now there's one. Uh, ooh, it might be the Apollos. I don't even remember Birmingham Iron, maybe. Who knows? I think it's the Apollos. Yeah, the Apollos. Their quarterback can hit deep balls. That's about it. But he gets he puts and up. They numbers. got some guys that can spin it. Like even the Orlando quarterback, he throws a nice ball. Like I will they, say they, though, they're not, they're not. I will say though, I think my trash. my biggest point is that if you look at this league, it. When you well, the more I looked into it, the less I believe it can be a feeder league, ba- simply based off the fact that all these guys pretty much had a shot, and they just were deemed unfit for the NFL. And we had this debate where, what if there are some diamonds in the rough? And I will concede there probably are some guys who could probably make NFL rosters and be decent. But is the NFL really going to say, oh, well, let's scour through the AF, or just gonna, or they're going to say, look, we need to get younger, better? Younger guys who are better in shape because they just got out of college football, the best prospect system that we have. Yeah,
0: well, yes, because one, in this, they're playing against grown men, or in college, they're playing against college guys. And two, you could draft, cause you could still draft all these guys in college. Like they have advanced scouting departments and still pick up these guys from free agency. I think it still potentially could be a nice feeder league because they do have some talent in there. Now, mind you, the quarterback play. Is sub it's subpar, and if they want to keep like it, a D. if they want to keep this thing rolling, you're going to need better quarterbacks than Christian Hackenberg in there. But there yeah. are a couple guys that can spin it, and there's a couple really nice college players in there that didn't get drafted. And like, you've seen like, for example, um, Philip Lindsay undrafted. He's a fantastic <laughs> player for the Broncos. So not all these guys need to be drafted to be good. I think it was a good. It's a good idea, and I think the NFL supports it because in uh, February there's no football. Everyone's focused on the NBA. If NFL can take focus away from the NBA and keep it on football, this is like a perfect league to do it, so I think they'd have their support. And two, it'd be a nice way to test guys out. Like, hey, you're a guy on the practice squad, go to the AAF and get some reps. So I do think it could potentially work, because there there's
1: a lot more talent than people think in, in this league. I will say, though, I honestly like if you look at the numbers, rating wise, I think it's gonna die out pretty quick. It went from 1.2 million, I believe it was, maybe 2.2 to 400k. What you had to from expect day to one to day did. two, right? And honestly, like, I don't know if it's just gonna thrive. I don't know if it's just gonna like sit in mediocrity with the numbers, or if they're gonna like, at what point do you cut it? Like, look, this isn't working out. We're not making. Well, you money. can't cut it after two weeks. Well, I know, but after a, if you, after a season, are they gonna say like, how are we gonna change this? And, honestly, like, some of the rule changes are bad. I mean, the one thing that – the things that stuck out to me right off the bat when I was watching these highlights, a lot of drop passes, a lot of drop passes. And they were bad drops. So I understand, like, you know, every once in a while, like, Demaryius Thomas had a problem with the dropsies sometimes. But if you look at, like, it's consistently, you're going to get, like, four or five drop passes per quarter. It was bad. The kicking's bad, and there's nothing worse in the NFL than bad kicking. Because it's already most like one of the least like exciting aspects of the game, and when it's bad, it's like, oh my word, we're just wasting our time. Quarterback play subpar, and while I think like the only thing that really stood out for me is the running backs, but we've seen you can throw in, you can we we talked before, Justin uh, Justin Jackson for the charge, throw him in because they had a, they had a really good roster, good old line, they got decent receivers, they have a good offensive scheme. You throw any running back in, he'll get you. Eighty-five yards a game. C.J. Anderson ran for two hundred thirty. The other thing, yards. well, we are
0: overlooking the fact that they do have some intriguing coaches here. They got Steve Spurrier, big-time coach down in uh, Florida. They got Passed Mike his prime. Well, yes, but still a big name. You got Mike Riley, who is a CFL champion, and he Passed ran the Nebraska prime. program into the ground. But he's still that's an interesting name there. Yeah, Mike Singletary, former Hall of Famer. Interesting. There, he used to coach 49ers. Like, they have some interesting coaches here.
1: I think it's just, but they're all like washed up. They're all like, eh, we're out. Well, who of do God. you think
0: they're gonna get? They're gonna get these like big NFL guys. Like, that's not a bad start. Like, you yeah, want some I interesting names. And these like, guys, like, oh Mike Riley heart. was a horrible coach for Nebraska, but like, he does have a good offensive mind. He was by like, oh, in Oregon. He was like, I just think so cool. like,
1: and it was interesting because people are like, you should talk about the AAF on your podcast because like, oh, it's football. And I think I honestly like it's more of a meme. I was talking to one of my friends. He was like, I think it's our successful like they already got a decent amount of viewers I'm like like the
0: combine gets ratings for football like people have a hunger for football all year round and this like
1: helps still. I think it I won't you be, give give a couple years if people watch it I don't even think it's gonna make if, if you gave me the over under three years three and a half years of taking the under
0: I give this league a better shot than the XFL though
1: I think mean, the XFL, which that's
0: another factor, like with competition there in the spring. But I, I I'd give this one because it's going to be better football, I think, in this league. than the Yeah, XFL. the
1: XFL. I mean, the XFL for me, the only like option they have is just to be like really weird, out of the ordinary stuff, and then
0: which is the, the they're saying the complete opposite. They're like it's going to be a family friendly league, which is like yeah. the opposite of what it was when it first burst yeah. onto the
1: scene. But you know, people were saying you guys should cover the AAF. And uh, I don't think we're gonna break down score lines. We'll try and maybe figure something out. Uh, we like, you know, have interesting stories players, arise. Then yeah. yeah, we cover it.
0: But I, I well, one thing that. I
1: will say though, that was hard to talk for the article and this, it's hard to find like the stats for the AAF. Like I was finding like the same article after article that was honestly like word for word for some websites, which was kind of weird. Uh, but it was it was. The AAF website is pretty much the only way you can find e- interesting like any well, talking points, and like it, even there, it's like not a very good. Website. It was the second week of the first season of this that I really I didn't
0: even know what it was like happening. Yeah, that so, was like, that's promoting they, that came before it was nowhere. like weird. But they have some good like Bill Polian, who's one of the founders runners of this. He's a good football mind. He led the Colts as a GM to a Super Bowl. Like they got some good football people behind this league, so I think it could. Talent wise, and if the NFL gets behind it, if you give it a couple years, I think I think it could this it could potentially have. It'll leagues.
1: definitely be interesting seeing. Hey, they're playing on like Saturday morning, so for the majority of America that's hung over those times, they can <laughs> yes. watch some bad football. That's
0: why the Premier is so popular. When it's hungover, <laughs> yeah, or wake up on a Sunday. Nice oh,
1: soccer. Well, moving on. I said I was going to be talking about it, and this is a, this is an issue I'm a little passionate on. I believe NCAA. Kind of a corrupt organization. Gee, you think? They're screwing over players, not paying them. And this was interesting just because, you know, this is always comes around every once in a while when there's, like, the national championship and stuff like that. This always arises. It's a cycle. But the average ticket for the game between number one Blue Devils and the ninth-ranked Tar Heels, which we talked about, was reselling $3,296 at SeekGeek.com. You know, that's a higher average resale price than... Tickets at four of the past nine Super Bowls. Uh, that is insane. Obama was there. He was wearing. He was actually. I will say he was looking really fly. He had like a bomber jacket. Yeah, oh with 44. the 44, oh. that was so dope. He's the coolest president. Obama. If Obama can go to a basketball game, you know it's a big deal. I mean, you don't even see him at many NBA games, and he's sitting courtside <laughs> at it. Too a busy doing
0: game. book tours. Yeah, no exactly.
1: Show. The amount of money that's being thrown around in NCAA organizations is absolutely absurd, especially for just collegiate teams. Duke Duke brought in $34 million, and they were the second most. I believe Louisville was bringing in 44. Dayton was like the 30th, 30th, and they're ranking in $14 million a year. Dayton, they had that one run, but besides that, we don't hear much about them, but they still get the cash. And it's crazy because not even the profit that's made off of these sports doesn't even go to like the school. It goes to coaches, the athletic directors, administrators, athletic facilities. Yeah, that's it, kind of the school. Well, but if you but a majority is going to the coaches who are making these huge contract and the athletic directors who are gonna defend the coaches when they end up inevitably do something wrong or have some scandal. One of their lawyers or whatever. No, I'm just mainly focusing on Baylor. Yeah, we, I <laughs> digress. <laughs> These coaches are making so much money. The schools are making so much money. And they can't pay the players? It was crazy. I saw a tweet just today. And it kind of just came out of the blue, but it's from Ellis McKinney. Plays for football currently for the Maryland uh, Terrapins, right? Yep, Terrapins. Yep, the turtle. the Their football team. He's Basically, we heard Jordan McNair, player for the Terrapins, lost his life tragically in an NCAA-sanctioned conditioning workout program. He died because he was overworked too hard, and it was something that had to do with the heat, etc. They were trying to hold a fundraiser for his parents in the Jordan McNair Foundation. As an NCAA player, because he's a student-athlete, he was not allowed to promote the fundraiser because... They're not allowed to promote anything associated with their names for the NCAA. That's an absolute joke. I understand. Well, first of all, the players should get paid. But the fact that the players can't market themselves, who they are, they can't sell merchandise with their autograph, they can't get in a commercial, that's insane. That's basically saying, like, we own the rights to you as a person. And I think the NCAA, I mean, if you look at every league, they use that as, like, a marketing tool for their league. Like, hey, look at every... The only reason we get to hear about Zion is like sports commentators talking about him or looking at the game. Like, he's not in any, you know, you think you look at LeBron, he's in commercials, everything like that. NBA saying, look, we have all these big personalities. It's like Paul George, Russell Westbrook, James Harden. These guys are cool. You want to, Giannis. Look at these guys, interesting personalities, and focus on our league because we have all these guys in here. The RJ Barrett, besides Zion, because he's a freaking agent, RJ Barrett's probably going, what, two overall? He, he'll be in the top ten. Exactly, he's a real—he's an NBA caliber player, and yet he's fairly unknown to the outside world, just because like people don't watch Duke. There's Best a third that guy, one. like
0: for example, there's a third guy on the team that's probably gonna be in like the top five. We can't even remember his yeah, name. Yeah, exactly. And he's a very good player. And I, the NCAA, so it with
1: an M, yeah, the NCAA is missing an opportunity, but they're also saying we own the rights to your like personality of who you are. They make so much money. Oh, but Marshall, they get free tuition. Okay, these guys are taking Swahili and Hawaiian for beginners as their majors. And then if they want to, they're going to finish their degree in like 10 years if they actually want to get a job. Which is actually looking... There's a friend of mine
0: last year... We found a report from a North Carolina basketball player on Martin Luther King Jr. that he turned in and got an A on and I swear to God it was like a second grade reading level. Exactly. Like what they gave him, like it's not a quality education they're getting. This thing was so bad. Like And like you you
1: said it before, like what did he come to what did he come to Duke for? To play basketball. Yeah. And the fact that they're they're making so much money. They're making a crazy amount of money. The coaches are making money, the athletic directors are making money. The guys who run the NCAA are raking in bank and then these players are just working for free. There's without the players, they have nothing. And that's why if I'm Zion Williamson, I'm looking at him, look man, you have a really cool opportunity. If I stop if I stop playing, people are gonna quickly kinda just overlook a lot of what this could be. Cause we'd all be, ooh, I wanna go to Duke. I want to watch the Duke games in the in the uh, March Madness bracket, so I can see Zion Williams and play. The new future number one overall. He says, "Hey, I'm not playing because you're making me do this for free. I don't want to. I'm gonna take my talents to the NBA and I'm gonna get paid there. And I think that's exactly what he should do. But regardless of that, pay the players. It's well, that simple. And I will say, people always use up the argument of like, oh, like it's gonna, it's such a hard system. Like, how do we figure out who gets paid what?" We have so many smart people in this world. We can figure something out. Well, okay, on that, I do agree with you. They they should be allowed
0: to market their themselves. I think that solves it, or do advertisement, or sell their autographs if they're popular. They should be able to just do that. If you're paying all the players like women's basketball or women's soccer or or men's tennis that doesn't make any money, they should not be getting paid. But then like, who's getting
1: paid? Who's not? Exactly. It should be. You should be able to market yourself. Or, like, at, if people want to advertise you, then, well, that, yeah. basically, my point is is that, like, if you look at any sport, they basically generate a cut of what they can produce. If you look at, like, men and women's soccer. Women's U.S. national team is vastly more impressive, and uh, they have more trophies. They're more successful than the men's team. doesn't matter. Whoever makes the money, they get a cut of that. The, the men's soccer players, their contracts are based on what they can do. Now I'm not saying that everyone should get you know equal. Dayton's basketball players, they make 14 million dollars. They should get a cut of that 14 million dollars. You're saying that Duke's roster, their what 11, 12, 15 guys, can't be getting a portion of the 34 million they bring in? I can't respect that. Because I think, like, if you – and I, I've talked to a lot of athletes here at Bradley who are saying, like, look, man, this is kind of garbage. Now, obviously, Bradley's not raking in, the, raking in the money that Duke is. But I definitely think it should be getting good cut. We should be able to figure out how the NCAA can pay the players.
0: I don't know. I, I, I think paying the players – this is what I did. I agree with most of your points here, and it's a horrible system. But paying the players is a slippery slope where you don't know how. I think – because, like, Zion knows he's marketable. You should be allowed to sell your merchandise. Or like, if you're not, auto- if you have an autograph you want to sell, you should be allowed to do that. If you have a fundraiser you want to do, you should be able to do that. If people want to put, you-, you should be able to market yourself and make money off of yourself. But I don't think the school should be handing out salaries for players because then where do you draw the line? Then the women's team, be like, oh, I want my cat Well, you're not bringing as much revenue in, and then we'd have that whole issue. I think if you're a marketable player, you should be able to make money off of yourself. But like, I don't think you should be getting like a cut from the school. I think that's where I think well, that, that would I'll be a solution to the
1: problem. The players. I mean, you look at the Doug Foodie effect. Whenever the players win, whenever a big big game is won for a college, the attendance shoots up. People want to go there because it just draws, and they are used for advertising. The school basically is using these players as pawns. You don't like, really, you don't, you you don't really think like Duke doesn't really care about Zion. They care about the money that is bringing their team. Oh, I agree. And if you're and using it's, Zion it's to totally advertise, garbage. then you should get then then he should and get a got, cut. If he's being used as a marketing campaign, then you should be getting Well, crazy. I mean, yeah, regardless I, 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 of Zion or some random guy or anyone on else, yes. you know, Michigan State, they're all like basketball teams, football teams. They're, they're used to bring in their marketing tools. But basically, NCAA is corrupt. Pay the players. JC's at it best, but I can't really quote him because there's a lot of expletives in there. Anyways, we kind of had a new system for this podcast where we didn't really do a weekly rundown. We just kind of did a bunch of talking points. So, you know, maybe we'll see a little change up in the, the outline as we do these. But yeah, thanks for right, listening. Uh, signature
0: shoes. Zion should get a signature shoe.
1: He should get a signature shoe. That would shoe. solve it. That would be pretty cool. Because then,
0: like, the white guy on the bench that's not doing anything is like, oh, well, where's my cut? And that's not fair Zion. He's doing all the work. I think yeah. like, you just let him market themselves.
1: Well, thanks for listening. We'll get this out. Uh, you guys are, you know, studying whatever in the weekend. Regardless, driving to work, give it a shout. Uh, follow us on Twitter at D R D. Try to get Instagram coming soon. I've been saying that for a while. Hopefully it'll happen. Uh, thanks for listening. Go White Sox. We don't need Manny Machado. Go Cubs. We already have all the players we need. We don't need Harper. See you.